This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. Episode number 100. Wow. I never, ever thought that I would be a podcast host, number one, or that I would record 100 of them with uh, no intentions on stopping anytime soon now. What a crazy, amazing journey. I could not be happier to share this moment with you. And to be honest, without you, this moment wouldn't even exist. So thank you so much for continuing to tune in and listen to me and to all the guests that I have on the show. Thank you for sharing with your kids and with your families during your long drives to tournaments and games. I've heard that story many times. So thank you. Uh, And thank you for sharing with other coaches and with other parents and for being part of this 343 family and this coaching development process that we are all going through together. Uh, It literally means the world to me, and you guys have no idea uh, how much this podcast actually means to me, so I could not be happier right now. Um, All right, here we go with episode number 100. And I don't know how this happened, but somehow episode number 100 unintentionally ended up being an interview with one of the original 343 members. Someone who is still a member to this day, actually, and someone who is a complete and total badass. You might know him from Instagram or from Twitter or from one of his appearances as a presenter at the NSCAA conventions. David Copeland Smith is the creator of Beast Mode Soccer and is internationally recognized as a leading figure in individual technical development. He started in 2010 with a training system to help guide players' technical development and to instill a proactive, progressive mindset of self-reliance and personal accountability within his clients. The result? The creation of a training culture that has attracted the likes of countless collegiate, professional, and international players such as Alex Morgan, Landon Donovan, and Ali Riley, just to name a few. Um... But to be honest, I stole those last few lines directly from David's website, which you can find a link to on 343coaching.com in the write-up portion of this podcast. And there is where you can also find links to all the social media platforms that David actually spends a good chunk of time talking about and explaining, actually, um, the activity that takes place on all of those uh, different platforms. Uh, David operates in a very niche market in the soccer world, and he is completely aware of what niche he is in. You'll hear him mention that as well. But in the same day, David could work with an eight-year-old AYSO player and also a U.S. women's national team star. It's quite the range, and it's hard to imagine that. But he does, and that's what he makes a living doing. But what does he actually do, though? That's what we spent a lot of time talking about. And we spent a lot of time kind of going through the why behind his work. Uh, He talked a lot about instant gratification versus delayed gratification, a.k.a. real development. And we also talked about committing to this process of becoming a better player. 
which also applies to becoming a better coach. Uh, based in Los Angeles, California, David has cemented himself as the authority when it comes to individual player development programs and also inheriting dogs that he doesn't necessarily want, which is something he mentions too. Uh, on a more serious note, his work and his honest opinions are out there for everyone to see, and he's well aware that showing his product to the world opens the door for criticism. And that's actually a big reason why I like David, why we invited him to be part of one of our 343 summits. And come to find out, it's also a big reason why David likes 343. Like I said a minute ago, David is one of the original 343 coaching education members. And he gravitated towards 343 because of the realness and the undeniable proof that Brian Clyburn is doing good work here in American soccer. Five years after signing up, he's still a member and is still finding value in learning from other practitioners who are not afraid to put their stamp on a product and show it to the world. If you would like to learn more about the 343 Premium Coaching Education Program that David is a member of, which also happens to be the program that helps to support and fund this podcast, which has made it to 100 episodes. I can't believe that. Um, you can find all of that information about the coaching education program, the free course, the premium course, and all sorts of other stuff at 343coaching.com. Once again, I just want to mention that it is that program that helps to support and fund this podcast and that keeps this thing going. So, uh, if you are a member of this podcast, or sorry, if you are a member of the 343 Coaching Education Platform, then you get an extra special thank you on this 100th episode. All right, it's time. Uh, if you can't tell, I'm super excited about this episode, uh, not only because it's the, the 100th episode, but I've been trying to track David down for quite a while to get him on the show. Finally, it worked out. I'm super happy it, it happened with this episode. Um, again, thank you for listening, and I hope that you... Enjoy this episode with Mr. Beast Mode Soccer himself, David Copeland-Smith. Hello, John. How are you? Doing good, sir. How are you? I'm not too bad. Are we are we recording already? Uh, it is, but this doesn't have to go out if you don't want it to. No, it's all good. It's all. Good. <laughs> that's what. That's why I answered it so politely. <laughs> I understand. I understand. No, but if there's something that we need to talk about that can't go out, just let me know, and uh, and and we can get rid yeah, of it. No, I. I think we're all good. I'm not going to upset anybody. Well, uh, well, you're a nice guy. He is man. one of. It is one of my fortes to unwittingly upset people, though. Hey, I'm uh, uh, see, I don't know if I do it unwittingly, though. I think I do it. No, yeah, you're but... you're you're very good at it, though. <laughs> like you know, because you do it quite politely, you know. Yeah, I try. So, I try. how are you anyway? Are you good? I'm doing good, man. I just had my morning coffee. I walked down by the beach. I got back to my house right now, and I was trying to figure out what this dog barking situation was next door so I could interview you with my door open, and I realized it was my dog that was barking, so I went and gave him a bone, and he's good now, so. Hey, dogs <laughs> dog, dog bark. It's what they do. You have a little dog now, don't you? I have three dogs. Oh, my gosh. And I, I only ever wanted one of them, and and I love them all, but the other <laughs> two the other, the other two have just, they, they came into my life five five years apart. But from the same person. 
Lucky you, man. Lucky you. Yeah, they're, they're all awesome. They're better than humans, so it's all good. <laughs> hey, so I uh, I actually I kind of wanted to ask you, well, I'm going to ask you at some point during the conversation, but maybe you can just start thinking about it now, what, what you want to talk about, because I feel like you get interviewed or you talk a lot about, you know, different aspects of, of the game. And, and I have a feeling there's always something that people have in the back of their brain that they want to speak about, but they never really get asked the question. And I never know what question to ask. That's going to bring out that thought or bring out, you know, bring out um, those thoughts. Honestly, but Honestly, like I, I talk a lot. So I usually get whatever I want out anyway, but it's not a specific question. Like the only thing like I ever like to get across is that, you know, I'm, very very well aware that what i do is a very small cog in the wheel you know um because we get we get a lot of pushback from people saying oh you're gonna make robot you're gonna be a robot if you just do that and they're absolutely right you know like if you just do our stuff you're never really going to be a soccer player you know like what what we do is it's supplementary um and it it's a very it's a small niche but it works on people's weaknesses. Um, so that's really what I wanted to get across today. Um, but I'm open to talk about anything. And I, I, I always manage to get that across anyway. That's good. Um, so, so maybe we can start with, well, let's see. And here's another problem I have too. I have a feeling that most people that are going to listen to this know exactly who you are and, and have an idea of what you do, but they're going to be people that are finding you for the first time via this interview. So let's start with a, with a brief, maybe introduction of, of what you do and, and how you do it and why you do it. Maybe, and maybe we can focus on the, on the why a little bit more. So after yeah. you give kind of like a, the, the introduction, let's, let's really dive into the, to the why you do what you do. Okay. All right, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask what, what, what you want. Oh, so you want you want the introduction? Yeah, go for it. Tell 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 people who you are and and what you do. Okay, my name is David <laughs> Copeland Smith. This is like this is like AA. I know. <laughs> You're gonna get um, a badge at the end. Not that I've ever been. Um. So my name is David Copeland Smith, and I run a company called Beast Mode Soccer, which. We focus on technical development. Well, it started off with technical development, but it's it's definitely moved on. Um, like we we like to say, we we create total players because we educate players tactically, like individual tactics. Um, so it's a lot of small groups, um, individual stuff, where we take players, we study players, form how they perform in games and then we'll break it down and we try to add to players games so we work with kids as young as eight i think is my youngest right now um right up to 30s i think 31 is my my oldest if i'm correct in thinking maybe 32 um and we were all levels as well so you know rec players all the way up to professional players so that's your your client list is is pretty amazing man and if anybody for whatever reason doesn't follow you on on social media they absolutely should because they get a good they 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 would get a good idea of exactly 
you know, what you do and how, and how you're doing it and then who yeah. you're actually working with. You know, uh, the, the, you know, we, we work, we've worked with like professional players and people know us like because of, you know, your Alex Morgans and yeah, your Wambats and Dom Dwyer's and people like that. Um, but I always, I always say like our biggest, our biggest wins is like the kid who came to us who couldn't kick a ball properly you know, um, and the biggest win is going on to see them, I don't know, maybe play at high school, you know, but when they came to you, they could, couldn't even, like, run properly. But when they left you, they had a decent high school career, and that was it for them. But, um, you know, on our social, um, we put a lot on Instagram. We tend to put, like, footwork stuff on Instagram because it's easily replicated. Um and you know, I tried to put it on Twitter. I with our with our social media, I always break it down like this, right? So Instagram we put video on and what we're trying to do on Instagram is give people ideas. You know, it's we get a lot of kids who they just don't know what to do on their own and there's there's a plethora of different information out there, right? Like you can go on to YouTube and literally get billions of soccer drills. So what we try to do is is give players simple stuff they can do on their own, um, and we're trying to inspire them to to go outside and actually do something instead of talking about it. Um, Twitter, that's me. Like you know, like we follow each other on Twitter. Like that's me. Sometimes I'm obnoxious. <laughs> um, you know, some sometimes I I upset people, but you know we we've all got our views on on football and you know i always say twitter is the who i am um instagram is to help people um facebook is like a mix of both you know um so we do we do have our social but i will say like don't judge don't judge me or my company by our social media um because we're so much more than that you know like people and this is my fault, but people go on Instagram and they think, oh, all this guy does is like footwork, you know? Or uh, last week we put some shooting stuff that we'd done with Alex on and we just we just got loads of hate from it. But why would you back up if you're just about to shoot the ball? And I'm like, oh, mate, like, it's literally so individual. Like, you know, I'd studied her last 10 games, broken down what we needed to add to a game, like what was missing and it was explosiveness in the box. So we were trying to re, re, remake it on the training ground. But people like, the thing about social, like people just jump down your throat straight away, right? They wouldn't ever reach out and be like, hey, why are you doing that? It's, this is shit. You know, you know what I mean? It's, like, it's immediate. Like, You'd never do this in a game. It's crap. And you're like, oh my God, just, just send me a DM. Like we try to answer as many as we can. Um, so sometimes I get annoyed because you like we get shouted at for trying to help people. You know, it's uh, it's bizarre. But we are we are so much more. We don't. We I swear we don't just do footwork. <laughs> no, it, it, it's it's an interesting point because on on social media and, and, and it doesn't really matter or it doesn't really matter what platform you go to, but things can be taken way out of context and then somebody mentions one thing and then all of a sudden that spirals out of control and, and somebody joins the conversation 10 or 15 comments later. And, and yeah. that is so far removed from, you know, what the actual post was about or the context was about 
but the conversation's about something completely different at that point. It's it's really funny to watch kind of like the evolution of a, of a thread sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it it really is. It, and to be fair, it's like quite amusing sometimes as well, right? No, um, for sure. <laughs> but it, it's like I love social media. Like it is, it's awesome from a personal standpoint, from a business standpoint, it's phenomenal. Um, but it, it's it's definitely got its downsides as well. Like right, and and I've had to to really learn, really really learn, and drum it into myself. And I'm still learning is to not take anything personally. You know, because, um, and you know, especially because people go at you. And, but with, with, with me, it's like our videos. And we, as I said, like, we put them out there to help people. And when people come at me for that, like, I get offended. You know, and I'm like, you know, you, you, you haven't asked what context it's in. You've come straight at me. Um, let's have a conversation, but like, remove your aggression. Um, and I've had to learn to just ignore those people. You know, because if John, if you if you put something out and I and I didn't understand it, I wouldn't say for this. This is crap. I I would I would message you be like, mate, can you explain why you're doing that? And then you would have like, ah, now it makes sense. You know, um, and it, it's as I said, I love it, but sometimes I get a little bit um, offended when people come at me. But again, completely <laughs> my fault because I've put the stuff out there, so I understand. You know, people are quite entitled to come at me, but I still get, I'm still just a sensitive soul, really. <laughs> a question that popped into my head when we first kind of started talking about this and it, and it kind of came full circle and, and it and it popped in my head again was, is there a right or a wrong answer when, when kids or when people, when players are, are looking for things to do in, in I guess, uh, outside of the formal training session capacity? Right. I would say... I would say there's a right answer for every player. You know, like it's like we 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 take every player differently because football is one of these these sports where it is like what you need to work on is very individualistic. Like what you need to work on, maybe I don't need to work on. So what we have players doing, we've got a thing called the toolkit on the website, and it's like it's all free beastmodesoccer.com forward slash toolkit <laughs> and they can they can download um, a self-assessment form because you don't want to go outside and just do stuff you know you want to go outside and do stuff with a purpose right there's no point going outside and doing footwork if you're never ever going to do those movements in a game you know so we we do this self-assessment where we ask the players to go through like what they think they need to work on, blah, blah, blah. And then we want them to go to their coaches. And then we want them to go to their teammates and ask their teammates because teammates seem, seem like tend to be more brutal, right? Like they'll just tell you as it is. And then you can start working on a plan for you. So that's the right way. So, you know, I'm not going to say like our stuff is the right way. You should do it. You should only do beast mode soccer stuff. Absolutely not. Like if, if you don't think our approach is right for your player, no problem, you know, like, but figure something out that is right for them. You know, like what we've, we've done, we've systemized it where it's easy for a player to get access to a, a lot of different stuff. Um, and they should always have like a goal at the end of it, you know? So that's kind of like a long, a long answer to a short question. Um, there is, 
there's a right way for each person, but it might differ for everybody. If that uh, makes sense, it it does make sense, and I I like that answer actually, and that kind of brings up another point that I think you mentioned earlier was that. And I don't want to take this out of context either, but correct me if I'm wrong. You said that these are kind of like ideas for players or, or the, the Instagram posts or the videos that you put up are, yeah. are, are ideas for players. Can you, can you maybe explain that a little bit more or talk a little bit more about the yeah, idea so, aspect? So like, I'm going to sound like old, right? But, <laughs> but we live, we live in a world and it's phenomenal where we live right now. Like technology and everything's amazing. Like you live in SoCal, right? Like I do. So, I can go on Amazon and get something delivered in two hours. You know, I can spend $4 and get it delivered in an hour. Everything is instant gratification, right? Whereas before, you had to wait for things, maybe two weeks, you know, maybe three weeks. And that's that's way, the way the world is now. It's instant gratification. But anything worth having is delayed gratification. So it takes a lot of work. So, you know, kids can kids can want to get better and they don't know exactly what to do right so we we're putting stuff that we do with our players on instagram sometimes we put it on twitter we put it on facebook so what i'm hoping is that a player who maybe wouldn't normally go outside and work on their own will see that and be like wow that's cool I want to go and try and replicate that. And, you know, just to basically get players off the couch and training on their own. Because, you know, the fact is, like, that all the, all the really good players, they all do something on their own. You know, like, technically, they'll, you know, I I always like the, um, the Robin Van Persie Bergkamp story, right? When um, RVP versus signed for Arsenal... He was like in the bath, which overlooked the uh, training ground or something. And he's like, all right, I'll get out when Dennis is finished. Because Dennis was training with one of the uh, reserve goalkeepers. And he was like, an hour later, I'm still in the bath. <laughs> you know, and, and you've got Dennis Bergkamp, who, you know, in my mind, was one of the, the greatest players ever in the Premier League. And he's doing stuff on his own after practice. And that was when Van Persie was like, that was the moment I knew I hadn't made it yet. You know, you've got Dennis there doing everything and I'm just like chilling in the bath. <laughs> and so we just, I just want to, I want kids to have a self-reliant mindset. And, you know, if, if our videos can help that and, you know, we offer a lot of free content, a huge amount of, of good free content. And it's, it's all aimed at that thing is getting kids to have an attitude where they want to go out and do it. Like it's very self-driven as opposed to them kind of maybe getting pushed outside by their parents or something. And, you know, it's great because there's always that like aha moment. And it's usually like in practice in their team practice when they'll do something, but they've been practicing on their own. And they won't really realize that they've done it until afterwards. And that's usually when I get a text going, oh, I just did that thing we do with the footwork and I beat a player and I crossed it in and the kid <laughs> missed. But but I did it, Dave. I did it. And you're like, yeah, keep working and it'll, it'll happen more and more. And, you know, that's, 
that's what we're going for, John. Like, <laughs> it's ideas to put into kids' heads, to get them outside, to get them more technical, so it makes coaches' jobs easier because they know they've got a you know great technical base, and uh, we're we're all in it together. How do you handle? I told you I, told you I talk a lot, didn't I? No, it's all it's all good. <laughs> um, how how do you handle the the conversation, or is there a conversation with the players or the parents or the coaches about the process of of you know the development? Because you mentioned you know instant gratification versus delayed gratification, and and real development is very, very delayed gratification. And, and your story yeah. about, about Van Persie kind of paints, you know, the picture the right way. It was like, Hey, like here's a guy that operated at the very, very tip top of the, of the game. And he realized that there was somebody above him that was working harder than he was. Um, yeah. So h- how do you, how do you have that? Or h- how do you kind of start that conversation with players or parents or coaches? Well, we're just, we're just very honest with it. Right. Like, you know, it really doesn't matter who the player is that comes to us. It can be, can be a rec player. It can be like a, a higher level youth player. It can be a pro player. But the fact is, there is no ceiling, right? Like you're always going to continue to work. And you know, we set goals for players, um, but we're not saying to kids like, "Oh, I can make you a better player in 24 hours," you know, because it, it, it's not that. So. I'm very honest with the, um, it's usually with, with us, it's parents, it's parents and players, right? You know, it's, it's honestly, it's, if a kid's 12 and they say, you know, I want to play D1 college, I'll, I'll tell them like, yeah, we'll, we'll get you there, but you're going to be doing all the work. And, you know, along that journey, you're going to find out if you actually want to play if, if they want to play pro, if they want to play college, you're going to find out because the day that you wake up and you don't want to go out and train and you go out and train anyway, and it may be the worst training session of your life. That's when you know you actually want it because you, you know, you went out and you did it anyway. But if you stay at home that day, then that trickles on to the next day. You know, when it comes to, did you beat Did you make your goals? And you look in the mirror, can you say, I did everything I could to do that? And if you were lazy, if you like, you know, boshed it off to go out with your mates, then you've got to be honest and be like, no, I didn't, I didn't do everything I could. And, you know, that's usually the players' stories, right? Like, you know, you work with some really good players and the amount of sacrifice these kids put in, it's, it's phenomenal. And, you know, some players don't want it, and it's all good. You know, some players don't want to play at, you know, the top colleges or pro. Some players want to play at a smaller school, and that's awesome. But you still got to put in the work. You know, even if you want to play, like, high school or um, DA, whatever it is, like, you still got to put in that work, and you're still going to put in sacrifice. And all we really want is to work with players who take it seriously you know like and and we're we're getting to a stage now where people know before they try to sign up with us that it's hard work you know like we we won't take players on unless the dedication's there 
because it's like if you're wearing my t-shirt you don't have you don't have to be world class you know you could be on an AYSO team and wearing my t-shirt but as long as you've got the right attitude and you know that I've got a long road of hard work ahead of me that's good enough for us right and and I always go back to that it's like you know I'm in I'm in the process of getting fit I hate running I hate going to the gym and I, I hate the process of it, I'd do it anyway because I've got to get fit, right? And when I get where I'm, I'm going to get, then I'm going to be really happy. So with kids, it's usually a little, the other way around, though. They kind of enjoy it. <laughs> That's That kind of brings me back to an interview I recently did with Romeo, Romeo Jozak from the Croatian Football Federation. And, yeah. and, he, and he talked a lot about the commitment to the process and you're using words like process and dedication and sacrifice and, and he, and, and he kind of painted it with the word commitment and, yeah. and being committed to that over the, you know, a long period of time. And you, you also uh, just a few minutes ago, you mentioned, you know, players not being able to, to transform themselves in 24 hours. And, and that kind of ties everything together as well. Like the sacrifice and this commitment and this dedication to wanting to improve yourself is going to be a, a very, very long process. And if, if people aren't willing to commit to that process, you know, it, it's, it's going to be very, very hard to achieve. I think you said to achieve your goals. I think that's how, how you mentioned it. Yeah. It, like you want to, you know, do you, do you want to be the best that you can be? And it's not just football, is it? It's everything, you know, like, with with the pro players that we work with, they've all got one thing in common, and that is that they know that they've not topped out. You know, they know they they've still got a ways to go until they 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 reach their their peak. And most of them won't reach their peak. You know, they'll get close, but I genuinely think like you can always improve. You know, like there's a reason Ronaldo still trains you know before and after practice right you can always i don't know if you're ronaldo or messi john but <laughs> I, always, I, I always use him as as more than the messi because i feel like ronaldo is like he's just he's built himself isn't he well you know, it's, like he, it's a funny it's no it's a, it's a funny uh it, it's a funny comparison because I think what's kind of typically been been said about the two like when you compare the two is that messi is more like god-given talent and he's just like a, a a world wonder, and and Ronaldo has had to like work and not and I'm not trying to say that Messi hasn't worked his ass off, right? But Ronaldo yeah. has had to go like above and beyond to to get to the spot where he is. Yeah, if he, like, if he didn't do that, then he would be do, nothing special. I do feel like we steal from Messi when we say that. Uh huh. You know, like we definitely steal work from him because you know, like his parents don't remember him without a ball at his feet. Uh huh. You know. Um, but maybe like with, with Cristiano, it's just, he's just put it out there more. You know, that's the perception that that he has created for himself, right? That he's like Dolph Lundgren in Rocky. He's just like a machine. Yeah. You know, um, and it. But it's a good comparison, right? Because you know, Messi's definitely got some innate talent there, but he's also polished it up. Um, but I feel like just because Ronaldo's got like. He's just built as well, and he's just a machine, man. <laughs> I want, I want that body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I looked. Uh, I wish I looked that good in my underwear. <laughs> I don't know but if no, I. Like, I... <laughs> the thing with Romeo, like, with, with uh, the Croatian guy, he's br- he's brilliant, by the way. 
I've seen him at the convention a few times and he's superb. Um, and it is, it's, it's a, it's a lifelong commitment. Like, especially if a player wants to, you know, play a professional football, it really is a lifetime, lifetime commitment. And if it, if they top out at college or, you know, even high school, then hopefully they'll take the lessons from that into whatever they do decide. You know, if they, if they want to be a lawyer, hopefully they'll, they'll take that attitude of lifelong commitment in, to being the best lawyer they can be. And that's where it gets like it's more than football, right? And I, I genuinely believe that, you know, what, what we do is we're teaching life lessons, like 100%. Because if they don't play football forever, then what you, what you do find, people who've played, you know, a decent level competitive sports, they usually go on to be successful in whatever field they're in. You know, because they they know what it takes. They know that, you know, they they're gonna get up. They're gonna get up early. They're gonna do what they have to do to be the best. Yeah. So this this reminds me of a story a friend's dad told me, totally unrelated to soccer, and and kind of a, a funny story, um, to me because I don't have a college degree, but uh, he he works for a very very large uh, and successful construction company. And one of the requirements to work for the construction company, any job in the company, doesn't matter what it is, requires a college degree. And it, it could be in a college degree in babysitting. It could be a college degree in advanced mathematics. It doesn't matter. Uh, all all they were looking for, and this is his reasoning uh, for, for requiring it, is that you can dedicate yourself to a process and, and can show that you can achieve a goal. And that's it. That, yeah. That's his one, his one reason. He doesn't care what you learned. He he cares that you dedicated yourself to the process, and so yeah, every time right. I go to their house, every time I go to their house for dinner, I used to go to their house for dinner as a teenager in my early twenties. He would always just roast me because I was the one out of the group that never went to college. So <laughs> <laughs> you're uh, not doing too bad, though. Nah, I'm uh, I'm doing okay. <laughs> you be, just told me you woke you woke up and went down to the beach. Well, yeah. That doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> yeah, I had my coffee by the beach, and and I I think I posted today is like uh, I feel bad for people that have to drink their coffee at a desk, and then I realized after I look I, I looked at the picture, and it's like my my cup of coffee was sitting on a post that had a bunch of bird shit on it, and I was like, well, I guess that's probably not the best place to <laughs> to drink your coffee, but <laughs> uh, but I I want to I want to make sure that that I that I ask you about you know, how, how you got to this place of, of doing what you do, because I feel like you're, you're in a very unique and you mentioned it earlier, kind of like a, like a niche, um, spot in the market. So you, you work yeah. with, you know, eight year old AYSO players, and then you have, you know, full national team players in, in yeah. your arsenal. So how, how did you, how did you get to this spot where, okay. where you have, so have all that? All right, so I'll tell you the story. So I was living in Florida, in Tampa, Florida, and I was coaching teams there. Um, and they were decent, like, you know, nine and ten-year-old kids. And I was there for, like, two years, and the teams got pretty good, you know, as good as nine and ten-year-old players can, you know, as that team can get. is like State Cup and stuff, they did well. Um, and what I noticed is, like, the better they got, the more of a nightmare it became with like parents and stuff so i moved to california and I, i'd already always really liked doing like the technical side you know and i made a decision that when i moved to california i was going to really focus on 
the technical aspects, like no business or anything, just this is what I wanted to do, right? So I had to to get a job to pay bills and I I got a job at a high school called Harvard Westlake in um Studio City in Los Angeles. And one of the players who was there, I was a, I was the JV coach uh, for the girls' side. And one of the players on the varsity team was a player called Ali Riley, um, who hated me because <laughs> on one of the first sessions, I was taking like all of the, the, the varsity lot as well. And at the end of it, like, she, she screamed over. She's like, freshman, pick everything up. And I just looked, I was like, nah, how about like you lead by example as a senior and you pick everything up? And she's like, she's like, that's not tradition. I was like, well, how are you going to tell that kid to pick up? She's better than you. <laughs> so that, so that, that didn't go down too well. Um, so she used to give me like the evil eye like every day at school. And uh, she came up to me. I used to catch her like watching my sessions, you know? And uh, she came up to me you know, a couple of months later, I was like, hey, can I speak to you? I was like, yep. And uh, she said, like, I've got an opportunity to to represent New Zealand. And I was like, yeah, I could tell by your broad Kiwi accent, kids from, <laughs> kids from Pacific Palisades in LA. And I was like, because her dad is a Kiwi. So, you know, I asked her a few questions and I was like, well, listen, you know, you've not, contacted by the US so yeah like it's the under 20 World Cup qualifier go for it and um, she asked me to train her which was a surprise because I knew she hated me um, and that was like the first kid that I trained who who did everything that I told her to do so like we broke her weaknesses down and like I wrote her a plan and she did everything um, and she went away to um she went away with New Zealand to qualifying and they qualified. She ended up going to the 20s World Cup that year and she did really well. And then she came back and then she ended up going to the World Cup in, I think it was 2005 for New Zealand. Um, and she went to Stanford. Um, and while she was at Stanford, she was roommates with um, a girl called Kelly O'Hara. So I met Kelly through them. And then when... Like when she'd come back in the summer, like all her buddies would come, like, and I would just train them all, you know. And then there was this one summer she'd come back and she was like, you know, Dave, you got to grow up. And I've got this kid telling, she's got, I've got this kid telling me, like, I've got to grow up. And I'm like, nah, I'm fine. And she's like, no, nah, seriously, Dave. So I'm thinking, all right, this kid goes to Stanford. She's pretty smart. So started this company. Um, it was called Beast Mode Soccer. She came up with the name and um, we just started doing, you know, I, I, honestly, John, I was doing the same thing I was doing anyway. We just like put it all on paper, you know, and then we started to film some stuff and put it on YouTube. Um, and then the WPS, the Women's League, folded. Um, and all of a sudden, like, all these players were in LA and I was. I was house sitting for at the time for um, an English pop star called Robbie Williams. Um, like Rob was one of my friends, and he was on I think he was on tour or something. And I was looking after his dog, but in his house on Mulholland, he had a soccer field. It was like a cage, like a six v six turf cage. It was dope. 
And um, so all of these players would come up and we would train and then we would play. Um, a player called Jill Oaks actually started the games with me. We did a co-ed, like co-ed games. And then like it kind of just grew like wildfire from that, like because players were finding out like, all right, like who are you training with? So we'd, we'd train all these players and then in like 2012, like, I get a text from like Kelly O'Hara and she's like, oh, can I bring a couple of friends up tonight? They want to check it out. And I'm like, well, are they good? Because it, 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 it was a good level, right? Like it was decent. Like the guys all played at least college. Like my, like Kyle Martino used to come up and like, I'm a big, like Martino, I genuinely think he could have been the player, but he, but he had weak knees. Like technically he's class. Like no one ever believed me, but he was brilliant. So Martino, it was a good, it was a good level, and uh, so, uh, she's like, yeah, yeah, they're okay. So they come up, and it's Tobin Heath and Alex Morgan, <laughs> and I'm like, ah, right, they can play. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, you know, Alex was like, um, you know, I just wanted to check it out to see if we like got on. Like, I love it if you started to train me, blah blah blah. blah. And again, like it just kind of snowballed from there. Um, and I guess, you know, in a, in a time of social media, um, in certain aspects, it's right place, right time kind of thing, you know? Um, but now I've been working with those same players, you know, like, like Riley, it's been 13 years. Holy crap, it's been 13 years. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. So, right, that's just giving me the chills. Um, so it's, you know, it, what, what I love about what I do is, is the longevity that I've got with players. Um, and that's what makes me laugh when people like, they, people throw rocks. I know three people throw rocks at you guys as well. And, you know, it makes me laugh because people are like, nah, that don't work. That beast most stuff, it don't work. And I'm like, I've like, most of my players I've been with for at least five years and they're all doing really well. And it's just, it is part of it. It is, it is part of the process, you know, but a lot of it, John, what people don't understand is the mental aspect of what we do and the psychological side of training on your own, away from your team, really polishing up your, your um, weaknesses and adding to your strengths. The psychological aspect of that is huge because players go onto the field and they're more confident. You know, they, they've taken ownership of it. They've worked on it. They're no longer second-guessing themselves because they've repeated, repeated, repeat, repeat, repeat. And it works on the field. And that's, I think that's what I'm most proud of with the company is, like I said earlier, it's, it's the biggest wins are the kids no one will ever hear about. You know, it's it's the kids who topped out at, at high school, but they could strike a ball properly. They had horrible touch. And then you see them in a game and they're like dominating the 1v1s and then they're probably losing the ball. But to even to get them to that stage, it's huge for me. Um, so, I, yeah, that's that's our story, a little bit of it. 
do you have like like five more minutes because I want to ask one follow up question related to yeah. okay um and and it's it's related to the tweet that I put out a few weeks ago that that you responded to and and you actually had a couple good responses and and it's yeah. it, it's the I guess maybe the challenge for mm-hmm. you of, of doing doing what you do with the players that you that you work with and and this again yeah. can be you know DA players or or professional team players but other other people are going to go through this experience either as players or as parents or as coaches yeah. so w- what are some of the challenges of, of doing what you do and having to work with you know other teams and coaches and organizations yeah and, and... so a lot of, not a lot of teams but there's a few teams out there who who they've, they've internalized everything, right? So you can they don't want their players training with any outside source. And to an extent, I understand it, right? I get it. There's a lot of clowns out there. I understand that you want to kind of control where your kid is. Um, but at the other, on the other hand, like, I'm pretty sure it's illegal to restrict human movement and where they go and what they do. Um, <laughs> Eloquently <and> put. <laughs> what, <laughs> but what, what I've really found is that the better coaches out there are the coaches who don't have a huge ego. Right? They could have because they're very, very good, but they don't have a huge ego and it's all about communication. And, you know, I work with a huge bunch of DA players, um, obviously the pro players. Um, I've got good relationships with the pro player coaches, you know, and it's all about communication because, you know, if, if a team wants me to watch the players loads, then they've just got to tell me. Um, I've had a few players like come to me and say like, you know, my coach says this is a waste of, waste of time, blah, blah, blah. You don't do anything. You're all footwork. You know, my response is like, if he felt like that, he can pick up the phone, right? right? And I can explain what we do. Um, we, we get a lot of, we, get a, we do get a lot of pushback from, like, I've been called everything, mate. Fancy, fancy cone man. That's my favorite, I think. <laughs> and that, that was actually by someone who I thought they were my friend. <laughs> they called me fan, fancy cone man. Um, you know, and, and it's, again, it's just down to education, which could be my fault. Like I said earlier with the Instagram thing, if that's the perception that I put across, then it's my fault. Um, DA and, and players like that, what we've got to be careful with is, um, putting a badge on players and then them thinking they, they've made it right. Which some, you know, I walk around um, the the showcases, and some, you know, some some of the swag that these players got is great. But then you see them on the field, and you're like, "Whoa, kids! Like, you got a long way to go." Um, so I'd, I'd say our biggest problem with that, like with clubs saying they like they ban players from training with other people, it's communication. You know, like if if you really don't want a player to work with me or another trainer, tell me why. And, you know, if it's valid, if it's like, listen, you know, they get easily hurt, like we struggle to manage them, blah, 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 no problem. But if it's your ego, because that's what we get a lot of as well, is, well, I can do what you do. I'm like, well, you, you can, but you don't, because you can't, you don't have the time. You know, if you've got two or three 
teams that you're coaching, you're in charge of 60 kids, you, you, you haven't got the time to do what I do, you know, to, to get that, that close and up personal with a technique. So we're always going to have that pushback. You know, we've had that pushback from pro teams. Um, we've, we get that pushback from club teams. Um, but, um, you know, I think that if the, if the trainer is good, then, you know, they've got no problem going to the club or the coach being like, listen, this is what we do. This is our plan with your player. Let's open, a, uh, you know, some communication ways here. Um, you know, if you, if, you, if you think that the kid's loads are too high, they're, they're, they're burning out, then you tell me and we can manage that. Um, that would be the ideal scenario. But some, some clubs just won't play ball. They just they don't they don't want it. they want everything for themselves. I know one of the reasons why I gravitate towards towards your work and I and I I trust what you say is because number one because of the of the clientele that you have I'll I'll admit that um, but also because you're, you're you're not afraid to to you know say what needs to be said and yeah. and you've corrected me many times too like I've said something and you've tweeted back at me like eh, I don't I don't know man. Um, and, and I, I respect that. I know that that's why, you know, Gary, Gary has mentioned before, like, Hey, it's, it's nice to have a practitioner speaking up on, on, on behalf of this subject. And, and so, yeah, I, I, I wanted to make sure I, I mentioned that to you. As but that's well because... why I love you. That's why I love you guys. Right. Like, because you guys talk the talk, but your product's out there. Like it's there week in, week out on the field, you know? Nobody can argue with anything you guys say because it's there. You know, it, it wasn't it wasn't just one team. It's time and time and time again that you guys have done it. And that's that's why I love it. Right? That's why I love your community is because it's working. And usually people are fearful of that, right? It's like with me, it's because we're different. People are quite scared of different, aren't they? Very. Very. And and we noticed that as well, and and we know that we aren't for everybody. You mentioned that earlier too, I think. Yeah. And and that's one hundred percent okay. Like you know, we're we're gonna be you know the the destination for a thousand, two thousand, you know, maybe coaches that that want to learn from us, and that's fine. You know, we're not we're not meant to be made for made for millions of people. That's that's not that's yeah. not what we are. So and we don't we don't ever uh, try to portray ourselves as that or yeah. uh and and no aspirations to be that either which is okay for us uh-huh well that's that's the best way to be isn't it like you know it works for you guys you know people buying in it works for them um some people are stuck in their ways um which which is a shame because if you if pe if people open their eyes a little bit more they could learn so much and there's another common theme that has been coming up lately too. It's it's not necessarily that you need a complete overhaul of whatever you believe in or ascribe to, but if you can learn one or two things from people. So say somebody you know goes yeah. to your website and sees one or two things that really you know that really resonate with them. Awesome, like that that's that's amazing. Yeah. And if if somebody goes to three four three and you know signs up for just the free course and learns one thing from one lesson in the free course, great. Like that's that's amazing. 
And um, I, I mentioned this to right. Romeo when, when I interviewed him too. It's like, Romeo, like, you know, one of my hesitations is, you know, promoting your book that, that you wrote about the, you know, Croatian Football Federation development curriculum. And people are going to think like, oh my God, you know, if I do this for three or four weeks, you know, my team's going to play like Croatia did in the World Cup and whatever. And he's like, no, like that, that's, you know, the complete opposite. If people learn one thing or if they, if, if one line sticks with them, yeah. then, that, then that's a, then that's a success. So. I was happy John, when I said okay. that. I, I've, I've subscribed to 343's content since it opened up, right? I don't, I don't coach teams, right? All I wanted to do was understand how you guys did what you did. And it's definitely helped me. You know, like I go in every now and then, I go through the videos. And, you know, if I'm doing that as a, as a you know, technical trainer, everybody should be doing it. Like you can learn from, and you can walk to an AYSO field and learn something from a parent coach. You know, whether it be their in their delivery or whatever, but we can all learn something from each other. I 100% agree, man. Um, lately, I've been asking people for for the last question of the interviews. What what do people need to know? And you you kind of hit on that right there, but I'm, I'm curious if you might have a different answer. <laughs> Um, what do people need to know? Like, they need to know you never know anything. You know, like, the, the one, the moment you think you've, you've got everything sorted out, you lose. You know, you, you've got to have that open mind and, you know, read as much as you can. If you, if you look at someone's stuff and think this is absolute shit, go on their website and buy their stuff and understand it. And then be like, oh, actually, it's okay. Or think, yeah, this is shit. I want a refund. But at least you've learned <laughs> something, you know. At least, at least you've 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 educated yourself because we can. As soon as we stop learning, we're we're all screwed. All right. I agree, man. Hey, and I, I should probably let you know too that I've I I have a, a file on my computer with all of your uh, PDFs and videos and and stuff that I've I've downloaded over over the years for me oh, as well. So I've been learning from you for it. a while, man. Love it. Hey, uh, real quick, where where can people find you and connect with you? What are what are some of the handles? I'm, I'm um, going to add those all in the write up as well. Yeah, we've got beastmodesoccer.com is our website. Um, all of our social media is forward slash beastmodesoccer. And check back soon. We've got nothing. We've got a new program coming out called My Soccer Training. Um, I can't say much about it until it gets released, but it's mysoccertraining.com. Um, and you can sign up for early access to that. And that's just something we've been working on for about three, four years. And it's almost ready. Almost. I know. I feel like you've been teasing for the last couple of months. You've like, mate, I'll oh, tell you what, I started out <laughs> way too early. <laughs> I started that thing way too early. I thought it'd be done, and I'm like, oh no, no, I'm gonna stop. The, I'm stopping teasing. <laughs> but it well, is, it's gonna be soon, I think. Well, I'm excited for you, man, and I'm excited for all the work that you're doing, and and I hope that people go and check out what you do because it's amazing stuff. So, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. it. Thank you for having me on, John. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the 100th episode 
of the 343 Podcast. I really appreciate your support. I really appreciate David Copeland-Smith for coming on the show and for being a member of the 343 Coaching Education Program. If you would like to learn more about that program that he is a part of, you can visit 343coaching.com. That is the numbers 343coaching, all spelled out, .com to find more about the 343 Coaching Education Program. And while you're there, you can find more information about David. You can find all the links to his social media platforms and his website. Uh, Before I let you go, I want to let you listen to Tom Beyer talk about his experience with one of the 343 online education courses that he went through. And I can tell you, after someone who's done a lot of coaches' education, both as a student as an instructor, that you will learn more by watching one or two of their videos that you might learn on any full-time course. Because the, the one thing that I liked about what they're presenting is, again, it's simplicity, man. It's very simple. It's not a lot of, you know, complicated words. It makes sense. And it goes right directly to the heart of, of, of the game on, on, on how, to, how to develop um, not just you know, individual players, but develop teams as well. Once again, if you would like to find more information about any of the 343 Coaching Education programs, you can find all that stuff on 343coaching.com. That's the numbers 343coaching, all spelled out, dot com. All right, that's it for episode 100. Thank you guys so much for listening, for being part of the process and being part of the 343 family. We will catch you guys next time here on the 343 Podcast. Thank you. Thank you.